Today is Thursday, April 22nd. The title for our devotional is The Greater Cause for Joy. This week we are looking at Jesus' short conversational prayer in Luke chapter 10. In this simple prayer of thanksgiving and praise, prompted by Jesus' joy, it is worth noting the cause of his joy and what he tells his disciples to rejoice in. Let's read Luke 10, 17-24 again. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. So in this scene, the disciples return from their successful missionary work, rejoicing that even the demons were subject to them through the name of Jesus. Jesus, if you'll notice, doesn't dismiss their cause for joy entirely. In fact, he says that he has given them even greater authority. He does, however, then redirect their cause for joy to an even greater, more permanent reality in their relationship with God. That is, their names are written in heaven. One's name being written in heaven implied, most notably in the prophetic literature, God's choice and acceptance of someone. Check out Isaiah 4.3, Ezekiel 13.9, and Daniel 12.1 for examples of that. Instead of just focusing on their ministry success, their cause for joy was deeper and more permanent. They could go through times of ministry failure and lack of success, as will happen. But their status as children of God, accepted by Him and His gracious will, can never be taken from them. Their cause for joy is permanent and unfailing. As we discovered in the first week of this campaign, we serve God not for our identity in Him, but from our identity in him. For additional content today, I wanted to read for you a portion of Skyjatani's book called With, Reimagining the Way You Relate to God. In it, he's talking about, in this section at least, he's talking about one of the postures of how we relate to God, the life for God posture, and how toxic and detrimental that can be for our life with God. He says this, he says, sometimes the people who fear insignificance the most are driven to accomplish the greatest things. As a result, they are highly praised for their good works, which temporarily soothes their fear until the next goal can be achieved. But there is a dark side to this drivenness. Gordon MacDonald called it missionalism. It is the belief that the worth of one's life is determined by the achievement of a grand objective. He said, Missionalism starts slowly and gains a foothold in the leader's attitude. Before long, the mission controls almost everything. Time, relationships, health, spiritual depth, ethics, and convictions. 
In advanced stages, missionalism means doing whatever it takes to solve the problem. In its worst iteration, the end always justifies the means. The family goes. Health is sacrificed. Integrity is jeopardized. God connection is limited. Then he tells a little bit of the story of Phil Vischer, the creator of Veggie Tales. In the story, he says this led Vischer to conclude that impact was everything. God would never call us, this quoting Vischer here, God would never call us from greater impact to lesser impact. How many kids did you invite to Sunday? How many souls have you won? How big is your church? How many people will be in heaven because of your efforts? Impact, man. But after losing his company in 2003, Vischer began to question the validity of the life for God values he had inherited and that had driven his early career. Vischer writes, The more I drove into scripture, the more I realized I had been deluded. I had grown up drinking a dangerous cocktail, a mix of the gospel, the Protestant work ethic, and the American dream. The savior I was following seemed in hindsight equal part to Jesus, Ben Franklin, and Henry Ford. My eternal value was rooted in what I accomplished. For reflection time today, put yourself in the place of the disciples. You're super excited about your accomplishments. The demons listen to you. That's pretty cool stuff, right? Then Jesus redirects your joy to the more permanent status of your acceptance by the Father. How have you missed that in your life? How have you valued your success over your status? Valuing success even in good kingdom work will lead to either pride, if you find success, or depression or exhaustion at your failure if you don't find success. So if you can confidently know that your name is written in heaven, then rejoice in that and give God grateful praise for revealing Jesus to you. Success in kingdom work is good, but always secondary to your status as his child.